This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly sponsored by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. As a city supporter, we know you value delivery, and McDelivery is up there with the very best. You'll always be winning with McDelivery because just like Kevin De Bruyne, McDelivery puts your order right on a plate. So the only thing left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points delivered as well. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for you tomorrow. Only via the app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. We understand that the journey as a supporter isn't always smooth sailing, but rest assured you're not alone. There's a vast network of fellow fans who share your passion and may be experiencing similar challenges. Honesty is key in any relationship. If your friend asks you how you are feeling, tell them honestly. If you're going through a difficult time, let them know. Opening up about how you are feeling can really make a difference. After all, they are your mates for a reason. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. In May 1906, Manchester United turned to Manchester City star and legend Billy Meredith to help reinvigorate their struggling club, despite Meredith being under a cloud of allegations of cheating and bribery. In completely unrelated news, Manchester United announced on Saturday that they have turned to Manchester City's Chief Football Officer Omar Barada to reinvigorate their once again struggling club. This is the City Report podcast. I'm your host, Ollie Kirsch. I'm Andrew Detmer. I'm Joe Butterfield. And happy Monday. It's the 22nd of January. Comes here for Gundogan! It is a thrilling start for Manchester City. The fastest ever goal in an FA Cup final. 2023 is the City treble year. Champions of England, FA Cup winners, and now... So, bit of a spicy intro, guys, but I think something like this... Listen, it's always going to be spicy when somebody moves across the road. City to United, United to City. Um, they always do seem to be under a cloud of controversy, as you just mentioned. Billy Meredith uh, had, had his own issues. There was Ryan Giggs and uh, the completely not true allegations of Alex Ferguson tapping up young players around the country. Um, I think Giggs was about 14, 15 when he left. Tevez. Tevez as well. Of course, Tevez had loads of issues with third-party ownerships, his agent, Kiyos Rabshin. There, there always seems to be a deeper narrative behind players that move from Salford to Manchester and vice versa. So this one in particular is a, a, a bit of a funny one. Omar Barada uh, arrived at City in September 2011. Just a, a bit of a brief history. You know, I'm sure everyone's seen the headlines but don't necessarily know of his early years at City. So he arrived at City in September 2011, which was in the very, very early years, the third year of Sheikh Mansour's ownership of the club. He was head of international business development, then became, which will be crucial when we turn to Andrew Detmer in a little while, Director of Partnership Sales. Also, Senior VP Group Commercial Director, and then culminating in a role as Chief Operating Officer of City, and then Chief Football Operations Officer of the City Football Group slash Man City. Source, 
Omar Brada's own LinkedIn profile. So the authoritative voice on Omar Brada's experience. So he's moved over to United. They picked him up as CEO after a number of failed um, failed appointments in that role. I'm sure the Ratcliffe partial acquisition has had something to do with it. So it's a bit of an... There's a lot of narratives here. There's a lot of interesting stories. You know, Brada was very much part of the... Catalan clan at City. He worked at Barcelona for eight years. You know, he was, he was with Pep, uh, Cheeky, Farron Soriano, etc., etc. And a key cornerstone, really, to City's growth. Um, Joe, I'm going to come to you first. You know my thoughts on this, and listeners, I'm going to tell you my thoughts on it a little bit. But Joe, do you feel betrayed at all? I, it's difficult to feel. This is probably something that we'll keep coming back to as we go through the pod. But I, for me personally, it's difficult to feel a level of betrayal from like when when it's a, when it's somebody who's at the level of CEO or or COO or whatever you want to you know whatever it is moving from one one place to another. I know that obviously the you know the Manchester United to to Manchester City from from Manchester City factor is obviously obviously there and to a lot of fans. That means a lot. We're seeing a lot of um, seeing a lot of snake and rat emojis going out on uh, on Twitter at the moment, and I think that you know I can I can if that was a player or if that was a manager, I'd I'd fully understand. And I and, I, and even to be fair, even to some degree, with it being a member of staff, I kind I can I can semi understand it, but I can only understand it in the sense that like you immediately see the news and your first response is like, oh, what a what a rat going to United. But then after that, it's kind of like, well, you know, it is what it is. Um, they, these these guys are businessmen. They're they're not from Manchester. They don't necessarily care about the rival. Obviously, they've. I think anybody who's been looking at some of uh, Omar Brad's old tweets that have been dug up over the last twenty four hours knows that he doesn't necessarily have great love for Manchester United, or certainly didn't while he was at Manchester City anyway. Um, so there'll be a bit of that coming back to sort of you know that'll always be over him even while he's at Manchester United. But you know they're not they're not us. They're, they're businessmen who who don't you know, who don't see it the same way that we do. And to be honest, a lot of footballers don't see it the way that we do, but they're on the pitch getting the sort of the visceral fan reaction to themselves and like love from the fans. You know, we're not sat around City's boardroom, like chanting Omar Barada's name and making him love us as fans and us as a club. So, um, so yeah, I, I don't, I, it's, it's annoying because of, you know, reasons that we'll get into about what this maybe means for United going forward. But I think, I'm, I, you know, I'm not sat looking at, pictures of Omar Barada and listening to James Blunt on repeat or anything like that. I think it's, um, you know, it's just, it's just businessmen moving from one job to another. Like it's not, I don't think it's, I don't think it's any deeper than that when you're at that boardroom level. Funny, because we're, we're in, we've not been in this position a little while, but we kind of feel like the Spurn spouse in a sense, um, jilted at the altar type feeling because in, in the most recent past, it, it was Tevez. He was the one, obviously, he gets all the love at City, he got all the hate at Old Trafford. And that's how it tends to work, right? Everyone loves a turncoat if they're coming in their direction. If they're going the other way, they might be pretty pissed off. Um, all right, b- before I'd, I'd give my thoughts on it then, Andrew, emotionally, if, if there is any emotion in your great husk <laughs> of a frame. Um, uh, how, how, let, just go emotionally because we are going to get into the... Um, 
mental backflips that and gymnastics that United fans have been doing over the last 24, 48 hours. But Andrew, how do you feel about it emotionally? Are you bothered? Is it just business? So to me, I think it's weird to be bothered by someone who does not have a public facing role um, in the sense that, I mean, yes, there are clips out there or things that we've seen with Omar Barada, but he's not someone who uh, is supposed to embody what it means to be a city kind of supporter or part of the club necessarily the way that someone like, you know, Pep or Cheeky or Caldoun who are more public facing and do have moments where they talk to the press. I think um, I could understand that a little bit more. We are largely talking about someone who their career is as purely a business commercial director. Um, there are only a limited number of roles in football that, you can do much like all of us there, you know, are better jobs for us at companies. People move. It's fine. Um, I think it's understandable why some people are freaking out for a couple of reasons. One, I think if you are a local in Manchester, it is probably like the rivalry means more to you from the sense of that. The idea of crossing that divide means more, but despite the fact that, you know, Omar Barada is in Manchester and living there and experiencing that he didn't grow up in it. So it's not the same thing. Um, but then additionally, I do think that given all of the other uncertainty about cities kind of operations and certain ongoing legal um, matters, some people I think saw this as potentially signs of one thing or another. And we'll get to why that's kind of silly for a lot of reasons um, moving forward. But like, I, I get why someone might be a, their initial reaction could be being upset. But like, if you think that Omar Barada is the reason city have done so well and that him leaving will somehow leave some void, you have not been paying attention to what has happened over the last five to six years in regards to Manchester city staff moving on to other clubs, doing really well at those other clubs, but city continuing to also do. Damn, well. Do you think the club will be pissed off internally? I don't think so. Um, my guess is that there probably may be a bit of surprise. Um, I believe Omar is a little bit younger than the rest of the Catalan crew because he was a more junior person at Barcelona compared to the rest of them. And so there probably is some amount of a thought that he could be the successor uh, to either Soriano or Cheeky leaving. Um, but maybe they're not leaving anytime soon. And that Omar you know, gets that feeling. And also it's, you know, not dissimilar, I would say to Arteta getting the call from Arsenal on the one hand, had he stuck around, he probably is the natural successor to Pep Guardiola at city, but you don't know when that's going to happen. And so you don't know if you're going to get that call to take a job like this again. And if you're Omar Barada and you're sitting there, you don't know if you're going to get the call to take over the role of being the head of one of the largest sporting brands and you know football clubs in the world so we'll, we'll, it's we'll understandable stick with, we'll stick with sports and brands Detmer. they've not done the football club bit very big over the last few years at all no no well absolutely but they're still i mean it's like if anything it's that's probably what attracts him to it a little bit because if he was confident himself he gets a chance to rebuild you know a structure that has a lot of things going for it but isn't functioning right now like it's a great opportunity if you can i can yourself. i just say on the, I, I think i think manchester city definitely are pissed off with this like they'd be silly not to be like i think if not because 
not necessarily because of the idea that he's gone on somewhere else and got a job that is effectively a promotion for him somewhere else. It's it's annoying that it happens to be across the road, but I kind of think that Manchester City internally are just looking at every other big six club kind of equally. They're not they're not thinking it's worse to go to United yeah. than it is to go to Spurs or Arsenal. They're just because because ultimately well, no, they see I, everyone I, else I, behind them. I disagree with that, Joe. I disagree with that, and I'll tell you why I disagree with that. Um, we City notoriously over the last few years and United don't have relations with each other. There's there's very little contact between the boardrooms. Obviously, the, the, there's always agents going back and forth, etc. But from what we know from the outside and from numerous news reports and media and, and Twitter journalists, etc. over the last few years, City and United do not have an off-the-pitch relationship. But I, know, There are some clubs that we do have a relationship with. For example, I think Aston Villa, You know, we got, we got the Grealish deal done because we had a relationship with them. Um, certain teams where we see players going back and forth, particularly but on, those on are, loan, But those are clubs where... Those are clubs where we're not competing with them. Like we're not like so. If you look at the Super League as an example, like us and Chelsea, we might have a relationship with Chelsea off the back of this. To be honest, us and Chelsea were were, were in the dark completely until the eleventh hour, when Spurs, United, Arsenal, and Liverpool all sort of went right. You're either in or you're out. And I think those are the four where United, where, where we as a club look at those entirely the same way and don't see going to United as spurning us any greater than it is to go to the other one but the reason why i ultimately think they'll be they'll be pissed off before we just move on to you know the other stuff like the reason why i think they will be pissed off is the idea that um you know whether or not whether or not the club are confident about these charges or not that, that they're facing and obviously we know that the club are confident and there's a lot of reasons to be confident about it how it looks how it looks to the average football fan to see your chief footballing operator and previous as we'll get into previous man in a noteworthy position of the time when these when these charges are being talked about to see him leave when there's news in the media of us having a date set for these kind of trials and stuff like that to begin it just looks it just looks so bad and i know that the club don't necessarily they think they'll clear their name either way and they're not going to think that this is actually related and i don't think it is related obviously you know for reasons that we will get into but they're going to just be looking at it from a how does this look sort of point of view and on that and, and mm. for that reason mm. they have to be pissed off about the fact that he's gone like it has for that reason alone it has to be something where in the boardroom they're all sat there thinking like could there be a worse time for him to go like in terms of the mm. timeline of what's particularly with particularly the charges being in the forefront so much in the like your average football fan's mind because of the Everton and Forest stuff that's recently come up like it's just it's just timing wise it's about as bad as you could possibly get and I think for, for for that reason they will be they will be annoyed internally about it, but not for any sort of like rivalry reasons. I think I think it's just purely mm. for the, the 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 PR of it, for, for lack of a better word. All right. Well, before we move on, uh, and before we go for the break, because we we do want to get our teeth into the the, the whole FFP and one one five aspects of of this, <clears throat> at least where the optics consume. I don't think we should be sitting here calling him a, a snake or a rat or anything like that. I mean, listen, we, 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 we can reserve that for the players that are nearest and dearest to our hearts or, you know, maybe just not do it at all because we're all adults here and we're talking about how this is a business move for him. I'm not pissed off as a fan, personally. I am pissed off on behalf of Pep, Ferran, Cheeky um, and the other Catalans within the club that have built this club to where it is now because yes, it's business. He's leaving Manchester city 
as a business entity, not a football club, and he's joining Manchester United as a business entity, not a football club. But his primary, you know, twist it whichever way you want here, look at it whichever way you want. His primary objective now, the, the number one uh, number one item on the agenda is to surpass the work that his very close friends and former colleagues have done. That's it. Take everything you know, take everything you've learned from your time at City and go and attempt to knock your pals off their perches, in effect. So I think if I was if I was Pep, etc., I'd, I'd be pretty annoyed. As a fan, I'm not overly bothered. I think that City are such a well-oiled machine by now that is greater than the sum of its parts that we can take out one of those parts and replace it, like we have on the pitch, right? How how we we are so good on the pitch because of how well we're run off the pitch. We can take almost any player out of that squad, and we have, and we do over the years, and we put somebody else in. We formulate something a little new, and we're back at it. And I think that's pretty much how it's going to work off the pitch as well. Um, sure, yeah, yeah. Just be- yeah. before we move on, Ali, I think to that point, it's it, and it goes to something that we may touch on a little bit in the second half, but um, that is difficult to square with the idea when people do say, oh, the only reason City have had the success they've had is because of the charges against them. Well, if that's true, no one should expect any of these staff to do well without the unlimited money that we are alleged to have. But despite that, so Scott Munn gets hired away. He's like a mid-management guy in CFG. He becomes... Tottenham's number two director. You've got Jason Wilcox, uh, who was City's academy director, became Southampton's technical director um, when they were in the top flight. Joe Shields obviously goes to Southampton as well and then gets immediately basically hired Chelsea. Um, you know, our EDS directors, multiple of them are now throughout, you know, Patrick yeah. Vieira goes to Nice, is at Crystal Palace. You've got Simon Davies, who I think is now the yeah he's the Spurs academy director. I just um, Andrew, I just think it's I just think it's hit everyone a little bit differently because of this Barcelona to City group that came over. That's why I think he is seen as one of the the, the core the core personalities, right? Even people that aren't that well up on what exactly goes on in the City backroom. If you would say name name as many City bigwigs as you know, number one will be Pep. Number two will be Cheeky. Number three will probably be Ferran. And number four will be Omar Barada. He, he's one of the big four, if you will. And I think I think that's why... I think I think that's fair, but I also think it's, it, it's important to note, though, he doesn't start working for City until 2011. He is someone who learned under the Catalan Brain Trust that is the brains behind CFG and, like, agreed with what Soriano envisioned in his book and, like, how he is enacted what CFG mm-hmm. now is. And obviously he knows how that works and United are clearly interested in developing a multi-club model similar to cities with Ineos, you know, owning multiple clubs. But at the end of the day, to me, the issue with looking at him as him taking secret sauce over, we don't have secret sauce in regards to there's something we do that no one else could replicate. It's that we put the right position, right people in the right positions and let them do their jobs which is something that United have famously not done for about 15 years, which is why if you're Sir Jim Ratcliffe, 
you're like, hey, let's hire this guy to come in and like fix this and like fix the cultural rot going on at this club that I now am a 25% owner of. So I, I can understand why people can look at it from the outside, given his past ties to Barcelona, like the rest of them, but he is not kind of the triumvirate that have been running city. He is a very important cog in that machine, but there are 130 people at CFG that are like part of the structure that he's a part of. Yes, he is a key part of it. But nothing is going to fall apart in his absence. You've got to step out of the shadow at some point, haven't you? You've got to at some point he's going to he's going to be thinking like, look, it's all well and good to be working under Soriano. Well, he's kind of moved sideways, hasn't he, to the CFG? But like Soriano yeah. and Cheeky yeah. are always the two that are that are known, and obviously Caldoun as well. But he's kind of above all of them. But you know, they're the three that everyone knows. They're the three that always have pictures taken with the trophies and stuff like that. They're the three who turn up to all the award ceremonies and stuff like that. Like. Barada's got to be thinking like, well, you know, maybe he's, maybe he's not bothered about the limelight, but at some point he's got to be thinking, I've got to take like the next step in my career. And as Andrew alluded to before, maybe, maybe this means that Soriano and Cheeky are going nowhere anytime soon, but he obviously doesn't think he can get that chance at City in the near future. So, you know, as much as we don't like it, Manchester United is a ridiculously good opportunity for someone who's got a lot of ambition about them. And you don't get to the level that sorry that that Barada is at at City without <laughs> yeah, that ambition. Hang on, the, the 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 only limelight that the last CEO at United had was getting filmed being shouted at and questioned by a bunch of people in a pub somewhere <laughs> in Manchester. So he just has to avoid. I'm not sure. Avoid, avoid pubs. I'm, yeah, I'm not sure what limelight he's got him. He's uh, he's envisioning, but no, it's a good time for us to move towards the break, and then after the break. We will have a bit of a chat about the, I don't want to say the implications, but but what people are taking from this with regards to 115. Um, one more thing, a few United fans, I'm sure you'll be listening to this because you'll want, you'll want an insight into the city brain on how we feel about Barada leaving. Uh, Billy Meredith joined your club under a cloud of allegations, as Mr. Detmer said. Um, he didn't exactly sparkle and not long after he came back where he belongs so we'll leave you with that one and we'll see you after the break away days are great but there's nothing quite like playing at home the etihad stadium really is wonderful at this time of the season and the same goes for mcdelivery maximize your home ground advantage with mcdelivery order now on the mcdonald's app at participating restaurants 18 plus serving times delivery fee and terms apply see mcdonald's.com The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Welcome back. This is the City Report podcast. Omar Barada departs special here with Andrew and Joe having a chat about it. And we've very deliberately brought in Andrew for this episode today because uh, for anyone that isn't a a regular listener Andrew is a lawyer Um, 
and our <laughs> our resident podcast consultant on anything legal, including uh, whenever we have these chats about one one five or any, anything particularly contentious. So there's been two main schools of thought linking together Omar Brada's departure with one one five. One is that he isn't involved and he's jumping ship before it blows up and sinks. Or two, he is involved, and Manchester United are extremely naive to be picking up somebody that's about to be caught up in an avalanche of uh, charges or, or guilty convictions you know, implicated with City as a club, as an entity. Um, and the one thing that ties all this together quite hilariously is that United fans' opinions are now changing hour by hour, depending on what exactly is put in front of them. So, Andrew, if you would, just lay out the situation for us here, right? So, Omar Barada was Director of Partnership Sales at City, 13 to 15, Senior VP Group Commercial Director, 15 to 16, and Chief Operating Officer, 16 to 2020. I believe the charges are from 2013 to 2018-ish. So, times when he was in positions of responsibility regarding Manchester City's commercial activity, so what's going on here? Let's let's take United's point of view first, the United fans. They're saying that he's getting out before before the city ship sinks because he's completely innocent and cannot be implicated in what's going on. So there's there's two things here that you could you could say and if if that's the logic that he is getting out before something goes down. And the first is to uh go to the claim that I believe Martin Ziegler uh, wrote in the Times that uh, Omar Barada is not involved, which I, the only person who could possibly be putting out that news that isn't someone at United would be Omar Barada, um, because City, no one at City is going to say he isn't involved because that implies that something's going on and the club is strenuously denied, um, and there's you know no sourcing that any reporter has that oh. City are actually worried or City are, you know, putting on a brave face, but they're no, like all of the reporting is that there's nothing to these charges, right? So if it's Omar Barada saying that, that he wasn't involved in this, given the job description that he had at the time, which is oversight and control and leading partnerships, commercial operations, whatnot, it's either that he is publicly proclaiming that he had a role at City that he actually didn't, which means he is in no way qualified to run Manchester United. So enjoy having a CEO who doesn't actually know how to do any of the things he says he did at United. Or he wasn't involved because he's so bad at his job that he was like, I'm not involved in this because I don't know what's going on. Which again, he's not going to be like, he's not going to be a good CEO for you. Neither of those things are true because Omar Barada was very good at his job. He was a trusted member of senior leadership, as seen by the fact that he is in the photo of all of them celebrating the cast verdict. Like, he is clearly involved and with these guys with regards to knowing how things were operating at the level you would need to know to either to be involved if the allegations are true, which, again, we just, there's so much to get into that of, like, whatever. But, like, it's unbelievable that he wouldn't have knowledge but if the claim is oh he's getting out so that he can avoid punishment and or i've seen some people saying oh omar barada is the like whistleblower uh and like the chief witness uh for the premier league for this 
as Stefan over at 9320 has said, and anyone who has, you know, any knowledge of what this is, these are not just allegations around misconduct of violating like a Premier League rule that faced no other like issues. This isn't Everton just spending money that a Premier League rule says you can't spend and there's no other, you know, authority that has over it. The things that City have been accused of, which is also why this will take so long to sort out and will also be very difficult for the Premier League to prove, they would expose everyone involved and the club itself to criminal prosecution across multiple jurisdictions, let alone the fact that FIFA probably, much like what happened with all of the executives involved at the shenanigans at Juventus are going to ban these people for a you know period of time from conducting any football business. So he either isn't involved because he's not qualified, so you've hired an idiot, or he is involved, and if City go down, so will your new club CEO. This isn't some like master plan that Omar Rada is like hopping off the ship to avoid liability. Any liability that he could face has already happened, and leaving now isn't going to save him eventually. So whisper it quietly, Andrew, and this is the take of some City fans that I've seen. This might imply that City and United so strongly believe that City will be exonerated of at least any serious charges, meaning that Mr. Barada is clear and good to go and take another job in football. United confident of that, they must be. Well, and and City are confident in that, as they've you know as they've said for years and years. Is that the case? Could be the case. I think that that's a fairly logical assumption to make. Uh, you know, Jim Ratcliffe is not an idiot. He runs businesses quite well. His staff is incredibly uh, experienced at dealing with investigations and gall- and allegations into corporate misconduct. I know that he he can't necessarily have a role right now because the uh, ownership is not confirmed, but they would not have moved forward with hiring him if he had any concerns, um, given that, yes, it's not official, but that is going to be something confirmed relatively soon. So to me, yes, it, it indicates at the very least the club is everyone who has had the ability to talk to people involved have gotten answers that make them feel confident that maybe City aren't fully exonerated, but the extent to which the serious allegations that are levied are unlikely to be, not necessarily unlikely to, the best way to phrase it would be unlikely to be proven, given, again, they are incredibly serious charges that will require very serious evidence that the Premier League likely does not have the authority to get and city also won't have access to some of the documents that they are likely to that the premier league would likely need to demonstrate the claims that they have so yeah i think it's anyone who sees this as a reason to freak out from a city perspective i think you're just wrong on that you're doing a little bit of wish casting to talk about what i just did but i think there is some logic to it that i can at least like i i just can't fathom that united if they truly have concerns or belief that city are going to be fully like the book is thrown at them that you hire someone who is so clearly involved in those operations i would just say like on on that like you you mentioned you mentioned andrew that obviously that's that stefan who i think we've all seen if, if you're if you're a city fan in the last sort of 
three, four days, you've you've seen something that Stefan's put out in terms of, you know, these charges, whether it's his interview with TalkSport or like a podcast that he's been on or, or, or whatever. But my, my kind of logic with it is obviously Stefan is incredibly well qualified. Like he's actually worked in the business of football before. Like he knows how these things go down. It's literally his job to deal with. Um, I don't know what exactly his job title is, but it's obviously something to do with sort of legal litigation between like big corporate entities and stuff like that. He understands this this world of you know understand these big corporate legal charges and stuff like that yeah Yeah, exactly to a level that none of us could really he the the fact that he manages to dumb it down to a level where i can feel like i somewhat understand it is mental but my logic is that if he can see that as someone who isn't currently working with football and in football if he can see that surely and obviously we all joke about how poorly united are run and how like they've all got you know very silly people in top in charge at the top, and that's why the whole thing's just a, a shit show from top to bottom. But then there will be a lot of people working within football who have come to the same conclusion that Stefan has, which is that it's going to be very very difficult for the Premier League to prove that any of the or certainly any substantial number to the point where we're going to be relegated to the National League or something like that can be proven. Like I think it's I think it's pretty. You know, if if Stefan's come to that conclusion, then I don't think it's unrealistic to assume that that football clubs around the league, around the world, have also come to a similar conclusion, or at least feel similarly confident that it probably won't lead to anything. I think a lot of the clubs who sort of are pushing for these charges are kind of just happy for us to take the reputational damage and for us to go through four or five years of these charges hanging over us, and maybe in the hope that. It might put a few players off signing for us. It might put a few, you know, it might make things a bit difficult for us at like a boardroom level and maybe make some sponsors a bit wary about, you know, jumping on board while these are still in the air. But I think that, I think ultimately they and the Premier League, because we all know that the timing of when the Premier League brought these charges about when it was on the eve of, you know, some vote about independent commissioners or something like, you know, getting involved. In yeah, the, the, like the, the government were about to publish the white paper on uh, establishing an independent body or regulations to, to manage these Premier League processes. And then I, in response to the, the charges at City... The government then postponed the publication of that white exactly. paper. Exactly, so. I think I think it's all. I think I think we all know that it's very unlikely that even if you think some will stick, and I think some will stick because obviously a lot of them are all about us not complying with various things, which obviously yeah, it's why a non-cooperation stuff, isn't it? Yeah, but if you think any of, I personally don't think that any of the serious charges will stick for a lot of reasons that Stefan's laid out, which you can all you know go and dig out from one of it from it from his Talksport interview or anything else that that Stefan's done recently, but. If it basically, if, if us as laymen and Stefan as someone who is someone who's not involved in football have come to that conclusion, I think it's pretty. As Andrew says, it's it's logical to assume that Manchester United have probably come to the same. And you know, United in the last four or five years, well, five, well, the last ten years might be an absolute shit show. But Jim Ratcliffe is not an idiot, and hopefully, he has people around him who are not idiots who are advising him on this. And then, well, I say hopefully. I'd quite like United to have a lot of idiots surrounding him, but you know, I think um, they they will have people who've looked at it and have weighed up the you know the 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 balance of probabilities, and they'll have come to the conclusion that well, I think we're probably fine. Well, here's something interesting, and I don't want to reach too much. I'm completely of this school of thought, by the way, completely and utterly not necessarily because I think City are going to be exonerated of the serious charges, which I do, but as much as I enjoy dunking on United's incompetence, as Andrew said, it is highly unlikely that they would undertake a step like this if Omar Brada slash and or Manchester City 
were guilty. And I, I just this is a bit of a reach, but I find it interesting. Three days ago, we had an update. So four days ago, for for the purposes of the listeners, we had an update saying it's now been reported that developments on the case involving Man City could come next week, as in listeners this week. 48 hours prior to the week in question, Omar Barada's appointment at Manchester United is confirmed. I just wonder, I just wonder, uh, and Andrew, please feel free to pass comment on this. I wonder if something has happened in the background, some major developments with regards to charges, some charges being dropped, some charges being, some investigations being concluded, etc whereby Manchester United, Manchester City and Omar Barada have had a green light in the background and Richard Masters has had the green light to say there'll be some developments to come. I mean, my understanding from watching the testimony that Richard Masters gave last week, I just assumed that they're going to announce the date or that like some kind of timeline for things happening. I mean, it w- potentially maybe we have just reached a settlement um, of some kind. That's kind of the only other thing that I can possibly think that would, in terms of substantive news, the only thing it could be is some sort of a settlement. Um, just given that the process and knowing how the Everton timeline took for their first trial, there's no way that we're anywhere close to, and and all of the indication has been fall of 24 mm. would be when the hearing would be. Um, and likely not something until the end, at the earliest, the end of the 24-25 season, would the independent commission be able to render a verdict. Um, I, it, I have always wondered in the background of how much stomach does the Premier League actually have for this fight as things happen? And, you know, is, what, is there a path? I don't know, because I do feel like there are a lot of clubs that if they were to settle the investigation into city where the punishment was just a fine. Like, I think there are clubs who would want Richard master's head. Um, Manchester United now won't be one of them. But, <laughs> I mean, potentially, they'll, they'll yeah. Be sending um, lawyers to but help it, city it's now. also, <laughs> but this is also, it's the, it's the issue that it's, it's why I believe an independent commission actually matters because the Premier League is a membership organization, but does not empower the director or the leader of the Premier League to kind of have independent action. He is kind of fully subject yeah. to the control of the clubs, um, which makes kind of having this oversight role difficult because it, it it's not entirely free from influence. Um, I'm not saying that, you know. So the NFL, it is a franchise, you know, people, the commissioners works for the owners, but there are things that the NFL front office as an entity has its own kind of power base authority and rules. That's not the case with the Premier League where kind of everything is, what are the 20 clubs going to vote for and approve? And then he just kind of has to carry that out. And I mean, his job is largely to be the chief salesman of the Premier League's, you know. TV packages and get as much money for the clubs as possible. He's not qualified to oversee this process. I would largely say the staff at the Premier League aren't either. It's why I think it took so long. You know, um, there have been a lot of criticisms of how the new profit sustainability rules have been implemented. I think that kind of can come back to that the people who 
are advising and putting things into place maybe aren't necessarily operating with the most amount of money, resources, and abilities. So maybe they do just come to the conclusion that like, this is, we just need to get this done and move past it. But I, I still would be surprised mm. by that. But if, you, so I mean, you, you, if that happens, it will be a very interesting day on Twitter. You, you don't think there's any, there's anything really then to read into the actual timings with Barada's appointment, just that the, 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 no, they've had sufficient assurances so. on the back end that when we do get to a decision, City will be exonerated yeah. of, of the most can, serious charges. Okay, um, Joe, yeah, can, anything else? Can I just ask up? quickly to Andrew, because um, I don't really know much about like the corporate world at all. Um, so let's say... Let's say, for example, that City, you know, worst case scenario, like D-Day comes, City have been found guilty. Omar Barada is 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 leading United to a title charge on the other side of the on the other side of uh, on the other side of Manchester. <laughs> but for for somehow for some reason, the 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 big CEOs and the big chiefs like there's there's no ban for Barada. He's not been told that he has to stop doing football stuff. Do you think that just the reputational damage? to Barada would force him like d- does he have to step down anyway at that point like does he have to go or do you think that because I mean because ultimately the way I see it's like how does it look to United to have the guy who fronted the the what what effectively if City are found guilty of this the the biggest cheat job in potentially sporting history maybe maybe well that's probably worse than Juventus isn't it really like it's 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 bad it's really bad even if United want to keep him does he have to resign for his own reputation's sake? Or I, I don't see I I don't see how to push back in your hypothetical. If D Day comes with the worst outcome for City, there is not any way on God's green earth that Omar Barada, Baron Soriano, Kaldun Al Mubarak, whole host of other executives are banned. I mean, I think they could theoretically probably, I mean, they could just ban uh, Sheikh Mansour from owning a club. Like, given the level of the charges and what we saw happen with the Juventus case, there's just no way that Omar Barada somehow is found to have been involved in that scale of conduct and can keep his job. Like he's just there. FIFA can't allow that at that point. Neither can UEFA, neither can the FA. Like those people cannot be in sporting institutions because they have shown such a blatant disregard for the rules that it doesn't matter that it was 10 years ago. They can't be in their current roles. Even if he's not personally responsible, he's departmentally responsible in that the entire Correct. club was his department. It, it, it's like, you know, if a, a standard business, a FTSE business is caught up in a massive, for example, HR scandal, and the one that is personally responsible is the head of HR, very often you'll still get the CEO resigning in disgrace because ultimately they had oversight of the, the HR yeah. department. They, they would, you know, the book stops with them. Um, and as COO at City and as as Andrew uh, and Adam Andrew as Andrew said, the, there's just so many names that 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 will be caught up in the, with this. That even if they, even as you said, Joe, even if they're not directly responsible or even directly implicated or directly punished, it's a massive stain on their professional reputation. Yeah, yeah. a massive stain. Um, so. 
yeah, I guess over the next few weeks, I'm just well, really up until the charges, we've we've now got something hanging over United because they're going to sit there screaming one one five at us and then look into their own club and see see the man that was you know the one of the uh, the top of our organisation or one of them throughout that period. Um, very lastly, then Andrew, in one word, good or bad, is Omar Barada's appointment at Manchester United as CEO a good sign? Or a bad sign for City and the one one five. Good sign. Love that, Joe. Good, very good. Inclined to agree. Anyhow, we'll enjoy the banter over this over the next few weeks as things unfold. Thank you very much, listeners. Uh, it's been a quiet weekend, quiet week for City, so it's nice to have a headline, despite the nature of it, to talk about on the pod. Um, Keep following us this week, subscribe, etc., etc., uh, and we will be back, uh, I believe, tomorrow or Wednesday. Um, cannot remember, but subscribe. You'll get the notifications anyway. Thank you very much. Andrew, thank you. Cheers. Invaluable legal input as always. Joe, thank you. Thank you very much. This has been the City Report podcast, and we'll see you next time. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. We understand that the journey as a supporter isn't always smooth sailing, but rest assured you're not alone. There's a vast network of fellow fans who share your passion and may be experiencing similar challenges. Honesty is key in any relationship. If your friend asks you how you are feeling, tell them honestly. If you're going through a difficult time, let them know. Open them up about how you are feeling can really make a difference. After all, they are your mates for a reason. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Make sure you're geared up for Man City's end-of-season running with McDelivery. Great food delivered right to your door. By using McDelivery, you won't miss a moment of City's crucial running and just like Kevin De Bruyne, they deliver your order exactly where you want it. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. Are you in? At participating restaurants only, 18 and plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.